0: Our guests are getting ready to join us once they get their cameras up and running. Hello, Duke Sean. How are you doing today? Hello,
1: Jesper. Thanks for having
0: me. Oh, thank you for being here. And our surprise guest. There we are. How are you, sir? He's muted. Oh, no. We've muted you.
2: He's muted. That's how he is. There I am.
0: There yeah, he is. I thought you said it was impossible to mute you.
2: <laughs> well, this part. Oh.
0: Oh, yeah. Not the
2: thing I'm talking to.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um, Just a couple housekeeping points to make before we dive in. Um, We are with SCA Coaches Corner this evening talking about some fighting analysis. Uh, But if you have not joined their group, by all means, go check them out. They are wonderful. I will be sure to also share the link on the group page. We will be taking questions. Um, Please make them relevant to the topic, if at all possible. Do not take it personally if I do not bring your question um, to our guest tonight. It is simply a matter of time, and I am sure everybody would be happy to answer your question since you bring it to the group at a later date or in a future episode, if you'll be so kind to come back and join us, perhaps. So without further ado, I'm going to hand this off to Duke Sean to give us a little overview of what will be happening.
1: Uh, hello, everybody, and uh, thank you to, to Vesper, as always, for uh, being our producer and uh, and running things for us, keeping us on track and reminding us uh, to stay on topic and that sort of stuff. Um, so this was a uh, this was a, a topic that uh, we had taken some, uh, we did a polling on the Coach's Corner as to some of the content that you guys would like to see, and uh, fighting analysis is definitely one of the, the top uh, subjects that, that came up. Um, so we're definitely happy to do that. Um, this is something I've been doing, uh, for, for a long time, both live and, and on video. And, uh, I am uh, deeply, deeply honored to have joining me as co-host tonight. Um, my, my trainer, my mentor, my friend, um, by Sagan von Ostensee, um, who has trained some of the best and the brightest, uh, minds of our, of our sport. Um, he is the reason that I have become a, a trainer as opposed to just a fighter, um, and uh, a lot of the work that I do stems from, from his teachings, um, and uh, I've, I've been able to, to kind of make it my own over the years, but um, really grateful to have you. Um, I'm going to let uh, Sagan kind of introduce himself
2: uh, a little bit for those who may not have an idea of uh, who he is, so uh, after you, sir. All right, most kind, Your Grace, most kind. Uh, my name is Sagan, as His Grace said. I started in the SCA in 1977, was almost immediately squired, did not know I was a natural. Within three months, I was training my knight. So from there, I noticed a niche that there were no trainers, and that's been my goal ever since. That's my background. As His Grace said, yes, I have trained quite a few people, and they have honored me and given me the privilege to train them, because one of the things we'll go through here is the fact that all the work really is going to be done by those who take this information away and use it. We're here to help. And God knows that, you know, if you're willing to work on this, I'm willing to work with you. Having said that, Your Grace, whenever you're ready.
1: All right. So um, on the topic of finding analysis, um, we've kind of um, broken this up into a couple of different sections. Um, am I still muted? Am I good?
0: Oh, you're, you, we can hear you perfectly.
1: Okay, great. Um, sorry, I was flipping through, uh, flipping through my screen here, make sure I got my bullet points up. So uh, we have, uh, we've kind of broken up this topic into, into two uh, greater topics with three subtopics in it. Um, We're going to talk about tournament-related analysis, uh, what's happening in the tournament um, via pre-fight analysis, mid-fight analysis, and post-fight analysis. Um, And then we're going to talk about developing analytical skills um, outside of the tournament environment. And that um, largely comes through what you learn through pickup fights, um, through a structured evaluation setting, and through video review. So that's the, the gist of what we're doing. Um, when we talk about pre-fight uh, or the, the tournament-related analysis, um, again, pre-fight, mid-fight, and, and post-fight, um, those are three different stages of uh, analysis and evaluation that you have to do as, as you are looking at what your opponent uh, does. And uh, for the pre-fight analysis, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Sagan take the lead on that and talk about some stuff that, that, um, that, that he looks at as you're, as you're entering the field.
2: Right. Number one is to remember that you've already trained and practiced, and now it's time to compete. It's time to perform. So there's really no pressure. There shouldn't be any pressure because you're ready to go. There's, so when that arming call comes, and I don't care whose name it is, you just get yourself prepped. And when you get to the list field, there are some things that are very important, right? You want to observe your opponent in that, you know, how tall are they? Right. If you, especially if you've never fought this fighter before there, you really need to understand, okay, so height, then you look at the weapon, you know, whatever weapon they're using, that will tell you the range of this opponent with that weapon. The other thing is, is if they're using a shield, what type is it? How is it strapped? What that will give you is later on during the fight. Maybe you can take advantage of that. Maybe you can't, but you don't have any preconceived ideas at this point. You're observing the fighter, not the person it doesn't matter if the fighter is Bob that you fought every week for three months and you deem you, you know how to beat him, Or if it's somebody you fought six months ago and you beat them and you get this preconceived idea in your head that you know how they fight and you don't because in three months they could have trained a lot and you could have been the the target of their training, especially, right? So the other thing that a lot of this is going to sound somewhat off, but, what do you see in front of you, right? Not just what weapon, what shield, how are they standing, right? Are they, when, when it comes time to say on guard and the marshals are between you, what is their first position? No, you know, just, oh, okay, so that's where they're going to start. But again, most importantly, no preconceived ideas of how this fight's going to go. React to what you're given and move on to the next movement.
1: So uh, another one of the things that, that you want to look for on that um, just you know, there's there's all sorts of things to look at. I mean, height, reach, that sort of thing. Um, one of the one of the big things that 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 people granted and they just don't actively look for is is your opponent right-handed or are they left-handed? Right. Um, what weapon yep. system are they using? Are they using sword and shield? Are they using a madu Are they using a glaive? Are they using Florentine? Um, all those things, all those things matter. And that's just, as you approach the field and you walk out there, you just look them up and down and, and you you see what you see in front of you and you want you want an accurate assessment. As, as Sagan said, no preconceived notions. That's one of the big things about what he teaches and I believe in is this isn't, you know, is it, this isn't what you think is going to happen you need to respond to what is actually happening right in front of you.
2: Exactly, your grace and and the, and one of those things is is that sounds fairly obvious. Right-handed or left-handed, but we want it on your part to be an intent to note it. Right? And that's where you want to be. You want to take be proactive before the fight even starts.
1: Right? So um, once the once the fight starts and you're engaged, uh, we start looking at um, the. So this is the mid-fight portion of it. This is what happens when Leon co- is called, and uh, we start we start responding. Now, understand that as I cover some of this stuff, um, this this is if this is kind of predicated on the idea that you actually have time to do any kind of analysis at all. Um, there are there are sometimes when when the fights happen. Really quick, and and you may not uh, may not get a second chance to look over some of this stuff. So it's important to be able to analyze things as they're happening in the middle of the fight. Um, one of the things I talk about is is uh, you know probing range and uh, you know eliciting a response uh, to, to to certain stimulus. Um, <clears throat> I I do probing range uh, with with footwork where if I take a step into uh, my opponent. I'm just, I'm just observing how they are responding to the, uh, to the fight. I'm not intending to throw a fight, uh, a shot at all. I just want to know how they're going to respond to me advancing range. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and uh, Duke Ronvalder, the mid realm does this exceptionally well. Um, I do it more with range. He does it more with, with his hands uh, where he'll, he'll get out there and he'll throw a quick flick at your face just to just to elicit a response and, you know, and, and to see how you're, how you're reacting to, to certain things. Um, so there's that. You also want to, uh, you want to read your opponent. Uh, and this is something that definitely takes uh, time to, to learn how to do. Um, but you're, you're reading your opponent. You're looking for tells. You're looking for tendencies. You're looking for those things that they want to do. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, w- once somebody makes a decision about what they want to do it's really hard for them to change what that decision Mm -hmm. is and a lot of reading your opponent is um just looking for subtle little hand motions you know how they turn their hand because they want to cheat the offside head a little bit um or you know the shots that they they like to throw or you know if they if they throw something in the middle of the fight um you'll you'll sometimes you'll know immediately that this is something that they just really like to do um and if they like to do those things you can force them to do those things that they already do one of the things i always talk about is it's a lot easier to get somebody to do what they want to do than to get you to do get them to do what what i want them to do right they're already looking to do c- certain things you can feed that information to them um but uh for the most part uh, the thing about mid-fight analysis is you need to respond to what is actually happening in the fight, not what you expect to happen, not what you hope is going to happen. And and that's the the point that that we make over and over again is about no preconceived ideas. Again, if you you fought Bob six months ago or you've been fighting him at, at your regular practice all the time, you think that you know how that's going to go because this is how it always goes at practice. You need to respond to what is actually happening right now. Um, that's something that Bruce Lee talks about quite a bit. Is that um, that there's there's no there's no real next move. The next move is is determined by how your opponent responds to um, what they've been doing. And you know, one of the things about uh, re- responding to stimulus and reading your opponent, looking for tells and that sort of thing, you need to be analyzing these things about yourself as well as your opponent. Um, what kind of tells are you giving your opponent? What kind of things are you doing that your opponent can read that is providing them information that they're gonna be able to use against you? So you need to be aware of, of you know, what you are presenting as well as what, what you're reading from your opponent.
2: Agreed. And, and one, of the, one of the dangers in that is the fact that if you all you're doing is concentrating on what your opponent is doing and you haven't noticed that the opponent has done the same movement Three times, and each time you've turned to the left. Number four may end the fight if you do it again. It's very important that you do take that inventory of so what's happened so far, and if it starts again, you know quickly. Of course, you'd have to go. Has this happened before? Because if it's happening again, there may be a reason.
1: All right. So, second, we're going to have you do a post-fight analysis. Um, what hap- What happens after the fight?
2: Right. So, Intermitt- you, right. So here it is. The, the fight is ended. Um, so now being a competitor means that you are, are actually going to go into the fight, experience the fight and then come out and then you're going to go, okay, so what happened now? Even if you won, You may be going you know this was off that was off uh you know when he sallied to the left i should have cut him off across this diagonal and then i should have done this what i did was sloppy i backed away i disengaged shouldn't have done that the isolation of of deficiencies and or the strengths of what you did that's great notate them especially uh one of the one of the phrases that that i'm i'm infamous for using is if you don't if you lose don't lose a lesson. So when you can still come out of that and go, you know, I didn't do that well. I didn't do this right, and you journal what you need to change. Um, on the other hand, just because in this fight it that did not work well, don't start changing things up. Not not in the middle of a tournament. Just keep right on going. You know, again, these are these are fluid notes that you're taking on that day in the fights you have, and. You can use that information later to go back to your training and and practice field and get that done. If, on the other hand, somebody comes up to you and goes, hey, you know, a setup for this blow that you are having some success with, but not all the time, would be this, and you feel that that's easy enough to accomplish, in other words, it doesn't have to really be trained, maybe it's just a high feint where you flip the sword up and your opponent locks up then go ahead and do it, right? On the other side of this, the very important piece to this one is what you're really doing is gathering information and knowledge that you can, again, take to the training field, take to practice. You know, when you're going to training, obviously there should be a trainer as there are two roles in that, trainer and trainee from my point of view. And that you explain and you work that out, and then if if it's something you feel, I'm just going to take it to practice, okay? You can always take it back to training.
1: Okay. Um, So uh, we have, uh, I I would like to uh, welcome to our episode, um, his Grace Duke Ronvalder from the Midrealm, who has joined us for a couple episodes on the need for speed, and uh, I'd asked him to join us specifically for this one, uh, for a number number of uh, parts of it, but um welcome your grace i'd like to always always happy to have you
3: thanks john appreciate you having me coming in yeah.
1: um so i know he's uh, just had a chance to look over the uh the summary that we that we have here but uh ron roller i'd like to you, one of the things that i talked about was the the mid fight of uh, analysis like what's happening in the middle of the fight um uh you know i mentioned that um you know i i do I do some of the testing I do with my with footwork, I, where I'm probing range, where I'll take a step in and and, um, uh, and and see how somebody responds to somebody something. You tend to do that more with your with your hands um, to elicit a response and try to try to see how somebody is is going to react. Um, I was wondering if maybe you could uh, take a second to to talk about some of your mid fight analysis and and how you do how you, how you go through the process of of, of analyzing your opponent. Uh, in the middle of the fight
3: in the middle of the fight so by the time i've reached the middle of the fight i should already have um some direction in which to go uh i think most of us who are doing this kind of thing trying to gain information from opponent have begun this the moment they know who's going to be stepping in the list with them Mm -hmm. um and then (sighs) quickly going from that it narrows down so you start with i've got this opponent if you don't know anything about them all you know is it's someone they're tall they're short they're using this weapon style um but i try to pick up other things how do they carry themselves how are they responding to the fact that i'm the one that they're going to be fighting do they know do they care are they going to go crazy um uh when on guard is called uh what happens to their body language. Uh, then once the fight starts, so all this information begins compiling before the fight starts. Once it starts, um, I'll do a few things to to test out some of the more important things. Are they, do they want to jump me and how fast are they? So now I've got some general information and now I'm into the fight that person's looking, uh, if they're smart, they're looking for what they can do to get me as well. Uh, in the middle of the fight, You're right. I will use, what I want to do is I want to gain information. Uh, One of the ways I described it to one of our knights, which worked well for him was uh, to narrow it down to one, two, three, because that was an easy thing for me to say to him while he was fighting. Number one was you had to be in control of yourself. And that was all up to that point, but it has to continue through the fight. You have to know your own stance, where you are, how you're moving. Are you in your place? Number two is, figuring out your opponent, how they move, where they are. Um, And number three was simply finishing the fight because that's really, when you're really throwing a shot, you shouldn't be throwing until the fight's over in your head. You already know the outcome. So to me, what we're talking about here is number two in a general sense, because a real good fight against a real good fighter, a good fighter will try to take away your number one. So he can have his number one, And have his number two, which of course is taking away your number one, um, which is your stance, your position. So I'm trying to maintain that um, and be aware of myself in that middle fight, because now that person is putting pressure back on me, assuming it's a good fight. Um, So that's the first part if i lose that i need a, i need to disengage that disengage may be for nothing more than a quarter second but i need to disengage i have to have my number one back it doesn't matter if i had set him up and i was ready to fire my shot if he does a thing pulls me out of position i need i need to reset i need to restart um and our fights don't have a time limit so you uh you need to keep that in your own head while taking it out of your opponent's head he needs to feel like he has a time limit. So in the middle, I'm trying to take the information I've gained at this point and test it without putting myself at too much risk. Uh, so now specifics, Sean, you mentioned that I often do it with my hands. Um, I did not realize that, uh, at first until Bronis pointed out he, um, and there was a period of just a few years ago where I had to relearn some things. And one of the things he pointed out was I throw shield fakes, which seemed weird to me because I didn't know I was actually doing it. He's the one who, who explained to me what I was actually doing with that. was, And that was particularly because my shield is center grip. I would often move my sword and shield forward and out or move my body in and out and leave my sword and shield. It gives a deceptive sense of range. I could leave and re-engage without giving the impression or give the impression that I'm suddenly sticking into their offense or defense and being a real threat. And I haven't actually left my position. Uh, So Sean, that was a really great observation uh, that Bronis had picked out before. Since then, I've realized that, uh, and again, Bronis has brought a lot of things to our practice. There are a number of tools to use for that. Uh, Stepping aside for just a second to everybody who's listening and listened before, all these things we're talking about here to gain this information and use it in the middle of the fight, everything you hear, you need to look at it from the opposite side because that's what the opponent should be doing. So you have to assume your opponent is doing the same thing back to you. Yes, I'm doing things to set him up. Yes, I'm doing threats. Yes, I'm breaking timing, but he's gonna do it to you. You need to be aware are you falling for the same things. So some of the things in the middle um, are those hand fakes that I'm using. Something else that I've learned is as our movement has increased, uh, again, I don't move fast, but I try to move at the right times and in the right locations. What helps me with that is to think in circles. So the circles can be flat or wide, they can be high or low, and then you combine them and you can slide in and out. So you can drop as a, for instance, you can drop your stance and point it hard into somebody's hip and leg, but then float up and out. And you can see how, what it does to them. If that threat to a hip pulls their defense over and down, you know, the back of their head has opened up and their threat is now away because you've pulled their sword back. So somewhere later on, I can pull down and roll up and fire the shot up high while they're down. If that, assuming that's where they go different fighters will respond different and that's the point of it all so in there's also timing when do i go in when do i not go in uh as an example one is to go in when an opponent um is threatening i find my best defense is not trying to block it's trying to shut down that attack either take it away or to threaten back into that arm so he feels like he has two choices either don't throw the shot in which I'm fine with, or throw the shot and get hit for throwing it. Again, I'm fine with that. So that's the situation I'm trying to apply. So there's more, but I feel like I'm monopolizing the time. Although <laughs> I, I am happy that, though I've not met him, uh, Sagan, you're nodding your head. So I must be getting something right. Yes, Your Grace.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Was... And, and indeed, it's an honor to meet you, sir. I've heard the name. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Hopefully, one day we will be able to get together with Bronos and Sean and we'll. Just have a good old time. with. Oh, training. that'd
3: be exciting. What a wealth of knowledge we get to share between we us. Could,
2: and then we could share that. And, and I would mirror most everything you said. One of the best times to do something like you identified is when they're about to do, you know, for a fact, they're going to go, right? So then you sally to the left or you you move towards them. You throw a hand fake. You do a shield fake, like you said, right? Anything that shuts that down and in that moment, it's also when that shutdown occurs is the best time to go <laughs> because they're stuck yes right they're in between movements and in that flat spot there's opportunity
1: yes yeah, and I was I was just going to say even though you came in a little bit late here and we were covering uh you know tournament uh tournament analysis um, I'd like to thank you for uh succinctly summing up everything we'd covered before you got here. Oh,
3: I am sorry. No, no, no.
2: No, it is it is great for the it. people viewing. You nailed to it. To hear it okay. from mul- <laughs> to hear it from multiple voices not even right? being part of the conversation yet. Yeah. That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> if all three of us are saying the same thing, then they'll be able to mind the nuggets yeah. out of that conversation good
3: maybe there's good. maybe there's something to that <laughs> that is hilarious yeah it's
1: funny all right so we are going to move on so we've been talking about uh, tournament related analysis um mm-hmm. that in, that involves uh pre-fight analysis uh mid-fight analysis and then the post fight analysis what happens afterwards now we're going to start digging digger in, digging into uh developing analytical skills um, you know, that that you need to have these skills while you are in the tournament, um, so that you can be successful, but you don't develop these skills in a, in a tournament setting. There's too much emotional baggage associated with any tournament that you're in, regardless if it's crown or if it's a baronial defender list. Um, so we need to, to create an environment where we can develop these skills and practice these things.
2: Absolutely.
1: Um, so, uh, we were going to cover, uh, so Ron Balder, if, if, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to have you cover, uh, finding analysis from a perspective of, of, of pickup fights and, and how we, how we use the pickup fights in the, in the pickup field to, especially something like tournament, uh, Penzik or Gulf Force or something like that. How do we use that environment to learn how to do that analysis, to read those things? Do you mind,
0: uh
3: you mind? Not at all, that? not at all. Even if it's redundant, I guess. <laughs> 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 um, Pickup fights are arguably my favorite part of events. That first week of Penzig, when we have some pretty exceptional fighters coming from literally around the world to the same location to fight each other is a, a priceless gift for all of us. Uh, how do we use that now to improve ourselves? Well, it is a wealth of knowledge, we, we get that, but what's the wealth in there and how do you mine it? For me, one thing I learned early on, which I know I had mentioned before, was we used to have a practice that had a limited space. So the only way that we could fight was bear pitting. So we'd all stand in line, people would fight and you know, just cycle through the line. So you spend a lot of time standing in line and I stumbled early on, uh, an advantage was watching, You can stand in line and wait, or at pickup fighting, uh, if you're tired uh, or don't have a partner or you're stopping for water or whatever, those are all opportunities. You can choose to use them to hang out, which is totally cool, or you can use them at the same time as a way to gain information. What we're talking about here is how to understand your opponent, how to read them, how to respond to them. And what better way to do that than to stand right next to them, not in the line of fire and watch them and listen and see what's happening in the fight right in front of you. What I learned specifically was to watch for when somebody does a thing, uh, throws a shot or makes a particular move or how they respond to a particular threat. And then immediately back play in my head, what did they do just before that? What you will find is over time, you can sit on the sidelines and you can predict before somebody's going to throw something. And eventually you'll be able to predict what they're going to throw before they throw it. And there's nothing magical about that. That is simply information. There's this wealth of information that your opponent is giving you. And if you don't choose to pick that up, you've just throwing it away, you're crap shooting when you fight. So when you're doing pickups, that's the first part. When you're on the sidelines, you're not fighting, you're having a partner, watch other fighters. The second part of that, of course, is get out there and fight them. Fight the ones you just fought. Uh, look for the ones that are doing things that uh, you've not seen or feel like they're uncomfortable. That was always a good gauge for me, is instead of trying to be analytical about choosing an opponent is sometimes look around and go, Oh, I do not want to fight him. So now I have to fight him. So it may be because I feel like he's a little dangerous. Maybe it's because I feel he's better than me. Maybe he feels unpredictable. Maybe he feels cocky. Maybe he feels thick. It doesn't matter what the reason is. When I see someone who I feel uncomfortable about fighting, they go to the top of my list. So that's where I would start.
1: Excellent. Um, so we're gonna have Sagan pick up on um, structured evaluation, which is uh, something that I, I learned from him uh, years ago that is just a really great tool for uh, teaching people of all skill levels um, the value and the ability of of doing analysis um, and so uh, I'll let you go ahead and take that Sagan.
2: All right thank you your grace so structured evaluation basically broken down into its primary components is you're gonna to- choose based on the skill level of the fighters that you are going to put together. So if you're dealing with novices, mid-range and knights, you would pick two or two knights, two or three upper unbelted and a couple of novices and you would put them together. You would have each of them fight. At the end of the fight, everybody who watched it now says, this is what I saw. You did not fully recover. You were in your original on guard position. As soon as your opponent moved you out of it, you never returned. And they took advantage of you this way or that way. Uh, For some reason, your flat snaps are not targeting well, you're hitting the top of the shield. They are to offer their observations, and the observations are to be gratefully accepted because this is what this person saw so now we get into uh, the skill level of uh, the other two hosts. You may with that level throw 10 or 15 people together, right? They're all speaking the same language but their observations may be very, very different. And at one point, Sean may go, hey, you know, I saw that and I really liked it but what about A, B, and C? Maybe a modification. They're really, really, fun part to this and uh, I was as a matter of fact I was talking to Duke Paul today about this same thing is every once in a while a novice or a lower unbelted will ask a question like hey your grace that looked really great but what about doing it this way and all of a sudden the light goes on and his grace has never thought of doing it that way and it's absolutely correct it would work Right. So out of out of the mouths of babes comes this nugget that without them being asked, what did you see? What do you think? His grace would have never had the benefit of that knowledge. So but in that, when when you're put in that position, be honest, tell them what you see. Don't say, I don't know. Right. Give your observation and say, that's the extent of what I saw.
1: excellent um so uh, a couple of things about both of those is um um it's, it's, it's critically important especially for upper-ended fighters Oop, hang on a second
2: oh hey you there sean
1: yeah sorry i oh. am i got i gotta <laughs> shut things off here hang on a second you're trying to get back to your cheat sheet uh, yeah, and
3: then it went. It went south.
0: We're and having technical it. difficulties.
3: We're having technical <laughs> difficulties. We well, that. Uh, Sean, is that going to take a second? Because I want to go over something with Sagan that he just talked about. If that's all right? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Say that. Uh, I'm not questioning you. I'm actually. I was taking notes while you were talking, <laughs> so I wanted to say back to you kind of what I heard oh, in sure. in my words mm-hmm. uh, to see. If I'm interpreting right or if I'm starting to take off in, a, in another direction, right. um, what I'm hearing combined with what I was talking about is the advantage of not only watching fights like I was saying, but watching them with multiple people and getting more input in that. So not only taking advantage of the information that's given you, but having more people weeding out that information, which I thought Absol- was... A, that Absolutely like Absolutely, Your Grace. Absolutely that sounded because, awesome.
2: Right, because when the novice speaks, if they speak first, that's one thing. However, if his grace speaks first or you speak first and they go, "Hmm, I didn't see that, I understand what they said, the object lesson has been given to them and the nugget has been mined and they can put that away, right? It gives them the opportunity to mentally and physically go through this and come out on the mental end with maybe more uh, information than they had before. Hopefully, and they'll be able to go. I mentioned that that would work. Now I'm going to go ask His Grace to teach me how to do it.
1: Yeah, one of the one of the things that I mention in when I'm doing this exercise is, uh, you know, that it, w- when several people, especially when they're new to analysis, when when several people want to say the same thing. Um, they need to be able to say that because as from an analytical perspective, if you have eight people watching your fight, um, then you have eight people. If, if, if eight people tell you that you all have the, that, they all say you have the same problem, then that's a good place for you to start. So as, as we're going around the circle and we're asking these questions and we're, we're, we're getting input from everybody and, and everybody keeps saying the same thing, that's fine. You don't have to, come up with something that's that different from, from what somebody else said because it just reinforces the, the overall lesson uh, of it. And, uh, you know, again, one of the things I love about uh, uh, this exercise too is, is uh, I, I always like doing, uh, doing. you know, after I teach this um, technique, um, I'll take one of the better fighters in the group and I'll, I'll do a fight with them as well. And I'll have everybody analyze, you know, two of the best fighters in the room. And, you know, we as the upper ended fighters, we need to be open to that input, um, especially especially those fighters that are good and want to be great. If you want to be great, you need to listen to that input from anywhere because they can, because you never know where that, where that information is going to come from. Um, something I wanted to touch on about um, pickup fights and the, the analysis and that sort of thing. And again, this is all about being open to the input, being open to the information and knowing that, that, um, that it could come from anywhere. Um, last time I was getting at Pennzec 2012, um, uh, I was out on the middle of the pickup field and I, I was doing something and his grace, Ron Valder, right in the middle of my fight, stopped everything and said, try this, do this, check, check this out. And so here's, you know, and it could be anybody. It happened to be, you know, one of the best fighters in the world, but he didn't have to ask me if it was okay for him to make adjustments because he knows that I want that information and that I'm going to do something with that information. And so when a guy comes up to you, a guy like that comes up to you and says, check this out. Doesn't matter if you're a king, doesn't matter if you're duke, doesn't matter if you're a squire. When a guy like that comes up, He's given that information to you because you have proven to him that you're worth his time and that you are going to do something with that information. And he knows he, he doesn't have to ask me permission to fix something. He can just walk up, fix it. And uh, that's part of the value that we get from, from the pickup field is, is having, God, you go to Penzik and, you know, you have your Penzic, adult swim is just really fantastic for this now where everybody that's there is disproportionately invested in learning our sport. And you have so many of the best minds in our sport that are available for that. So uh, with that, I'm gonna move on to the video review portion of fighting analysis. Um, Video review is something that I teach as part of the fighting clinic that I do. Um, It's uh, it's something that I learned from Sagan uh, for sure. Um, and it's something that, that, uh, I teach everywhere I go, uh, largely because there's plenty of people that take video, but then they don't know what to do with the video when they have it. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, people looking at at their fights and they go, Oh, look, that's me getting my ass kicked. Uh, so let me rewind that and watch me suck some more, uh, without actually breaking it down, analyzing it and trying to figure out how to, you know, how to get the information out of that. You know, as Sagan says, it's okay to lose. Just don't lose the lesson. And, and the videotape is the best way. Um, it, it's, it is more effective to do analysis in person live when it's happening, because you have contacts, you have, you can, you can talk about what just barely happened in that moment. Um, but it's easier to learn analysis through video. Because there's some some advantages we have there with being able to to look at one series of fights and going back and forth and back and forth and analyzing it and finding out um, how to do it. So it's easier to learn it using video. It's more effective to do it live. Um, so we're going to talk about how how we do that. When I teach a class on video analysis, um, uh, you know, again, it's it's one of those things that people they just they don't don't know how to analyze it. So brief recap of what we do is you're going to start with, uh, start with, when you're looking at video, you're going to start at a point where, where a blow has been recognized by one of the two opponents. Doesn't matter who. Um, you're going to look at a, at, a, at a blow that has been recognized. We are going to consider that a failure on the part of the person who had been struck rather than a success on the per- part of the person who had delivered the blow. Um, this goes back to the, my core training philosophy that we learn more from our failures than we do our successes. Um, so we're going to look at that as a, as a failure, you'll have to go we'll have to rewind the video 10 to 30 seconds prior to the blow actually being struck. Um, it's not there. There's so much context that is necessary to understand why that blow was available, um, that you just can't. Uh, get from you can't just look at it at the point of impact and say oh you just stood there and hit him there's so many things that lead up to that 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 could have been up to 30 seconds before the blow actually got struck so you you'll want to first you want to watch everything full speed um, and you'll notice as you do that it's really hard to keep keep track of what's going on because this is a fast sport Um, And so there's a lot of what's goes on that you just can't see all you know is oh he he saw a blow he he received a blow he accepted it. What happened. So you're going to back that up and you're going to look at it in slow motion like half speed. Um, uh, For those using uh, YouTube to do video analysis um, YouTube actually has a speed setting um, in, in it where you can slow down as slow as quarter speed. And if you go slow it down to quarter speed and you kind of double click the play pause button, you can get really, really close to frame by frame even on YouTube. Um, But if you have a video camera that lets you do frame by frame, that's even better. Um, So you're going to go through slow, you're going to do half speed. That allows you to see what happened in the fight at a speed at which you can kind of follow along. And then once you kind of get to the point of impact and you've kind of identified some of the things that led up to that, um, you can go, you have to go frame by frame to look at the actual mechanics of what's going on. Problem with um, frame by frame gives you detail, but it doesn't give you context. Um, as I was talking to Sagan last night, you know, you can look at some of the videos that that any one of us has, uh, and you can you can take a, a still frame image at any point in that fight, where you'll see my shield completely tabled above my head. Uh, and it's really easy to look at a still frame like that and say, oh, well, he's got his head up over his shield, just hit him in the ribs. Not understanding that that's one frame uh, at 60 frames a second of, you know, somebody as fast as me, somebody as fast as Bronos or, you know, that has the timing of Ron Boulder. Yeah, it, it, it looks inviting to do that, but without understanding, that's just, that, that's just a flash. So you get detail in some of that, but you don't get the context. Um, so you need to have all three of these steps and, and, and you'll, you'll do the slow speed, then you'll do the frame by frame and that frame by frame will, will go, you know, quite a, into quite a bit of detail after you've done the frame by frame, you're going to go back and look at it again in slow motion. So you can understand the details of it with the context. And then after that is all over again, you're going to look at it full speed again. And, you know, and it's, and you're going to see it differently. Not just because you know every little detail that happened, but because you understand now, you get to see the flow of the fight and you get to understand how to do it. So that's that's the gist of how I use video to teach people how to do this sort of analysis. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know I, I, I got killed and that sucked and okay what are you going to do about it and why did you get killed and and you know you did you know you didn't just get you just you didn't get just blindsided. There's, you know, it's, he didn't hit you just because he's faster than you. He hit you because, like Ron Wilder, he's got better timing than you do. So that's, that's the, the gist of it. Um, so to recap, um, some of the things that we've, we've covered as far as analysis, there's tournament-related uh, analysis where we have pre-fight analysis, we have the mid-fight analysis, and post-fight analysis. Uh, and then the tools that we have to, to develop these things, we have pickup fights, we have a structured evaluation and we have a video review. Those are, those are how we learn how to do these things. Uh, Ron Valder, you got any, uh, anything for the recap? Uh,
3: yeah, there's a couple things I learned that helped me. So that's why I want to share them. Um, this has to do with the words we've chosen and how people feel about them, uh, as far as learning from our mistakes, uh, I think anybody who questions that is not learning from their mistakes. Uh, it it's it's a painfully obvious thing. One of the difficulties um, that I have run into is it's difficult for a lot of people to say I failed, because fail has a poor as a negative connotation. Uh, there's a couple ways around that, of course, one is to simply give it its new definition and work at it until the word failure means something different to you. Uh, and that's fine. And that's, I've been working with this myself with some of my dependents, figuring out what are the best choices because words have power, right? So for me, one of the ways I've been trying to describe it to them was a failure is not doing something wrong. A failure is, as an analogy, imagine building, the the skill that you're building is a brick wall. A failure is nothing more than seeing where the next brick has to go on the wall. So the feeling I want them to get is, you call it failure, call it whatever, but when you get that feeling and something doesn't go right, or you failed, it's not bad, it's not something to get frustrated about. It's something that, to celebrate because there's the thing, there's my spot. I'm going to build there and I'm going to become stronger because I found the thing. If you're not finding your failures, you're not knowing where to put your bricks. You're not going to be able to build your wall. You're not going to have your house. So that helped is, has been helping me is to look at as not, Oh, I got something wrong again because I am excellent at self-destruction. For me, it had to become, it's not a failure, it's, oh, good. There's the opening, there's a thing to work on. Um, the other word that's helped me from the beginning is uh, responsibility. Uh, Sean, I loved when you said, when you do your video analysis, you start with uh, from the point of view that that blow hit, not because that person succeeded, but we're gonna go from the premise that the other person had a failure. Because like you've been touting, this guy succeeded technically, right? He got the hit. So he's got nothing to learn. The other person does. There's a failure. And so for me, the word that I took on early was responsibility. Always give your opponent respect for having beaten you, but always take responsibility for him beating you. Okay. He deserves the victory because he won and you give that to him. But inside, I tell my people, you better take responsibility because if you don't, You will never get better. Oh, he just beats me all the time. Yeah. You know what? That's never going to change. So those are the two words that were big for me.
1: Right on. Uh, before we get to Sagan's recap there, I want to remind everybody that we're going to be taking questions here shortly. So if you have questions, go ahead and throw them out to the, uh, the, the the Facebook live feed. Uh, so we'll be getting to that. Um, just to kind of piggyback on on what you were saying, Ron Valder about, uh, you know, failure. Um, I, I recently, I've come, kind of come to the realization that uh, like failure is 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 meaningless and invaluable uh, by that. I mean, it, it's not a it's not a character assault. It's not a judgment value. There's no there's there's no uh, it has no meaning. It's just data. Right. It's critical data. It's data that we need to progress in our sport. Um, but it doesn't doesn't mean anything right it, It's like it's it, you're not a bad person because you lost a fight. you only become a bad person if you don't do anything with that information so but it's just it's just data points so and I know a lot of what you're saying uh, I've gotten from Sagan over the years so I'm let him do a, do a recap on this as, as well to, to basically tell you you're right.
2: <laughs> oh no, he's all wrong. <laughs> I just said, it notes. was there. It no, was it's cheap, totally cool. I'll it. take notes. I got it. So, one of the and your grace, uh, you are right in that words are powerful. One of the things in the training I do, especially the extended training, is it's performance based. That means you're successful, you're unsuccessful. If you already understand why you were unsuccessful, okay, then tell me what we need to do about that. Okay, you voice to me, okay, we need to do this. Okay, so you understand that it's when your trainee student squire, however you want to look at it, says, I got no idea. I have no idea what happened. And then we get back into the video. Like Sean said, go back 30 seconds. Right. And like you're talking about your grace, you set them up. Right. Because you're going to take advantage of what you see. Well, you set them up and you whack them. And usually, you reviewing the video, they're not even aware of being set up. They're aware that they got hit. Well, that's fair. But in reviewing the video, now we can discuss with them here is why you got hit. Right? There's basically, from, from a, a very primary point of view, there's basically two types of targets ones that your opponent will give you on his own because of the way he stands, the way he turns left, the way he turns right, the way he backs up. The way he comes forward, the way he throws a shot in movement and the ones that you can force in force Mm -hmm. in that you viewed that. And it's like, I'm going to turn this guy to the left and see what happens. If my percentages are high, I'm going to shoot. That's great for the level of fighters I'm speaking to on the screen with me. Other people are not even aware that's going on. Right. They're being manipulated and they don't even know it. So so to tie it all together, all of these topics are related in that the outcome is to give fighter by fighter the opportunity and the tools to get better. If you don't have the um, fortunate opportunity to own a video camera, then maybe you can rent one, maybe you can get somebody else to do it. The other thing is you've got top of line video but you can't interpret what's there. Well, get some help. Once again, there's no such thing as stupid questions. There's only unanswered questions. So don't be afraid to ask them. Be the good trainee. Ask the next question. And and that to me is one of my biggest points. Speak up. Be present and be involved.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I'll mention I'll mention to um, the. Um as far as resources that are available out there if you don't have uh if you don't have a video camera which video cameras are super ridiculously cheap th- these days uh, if you don't have one somebody somebody probably has one on site you got one on your or, phone um yeah you got one on your phone um you know take uh take take the video on your phone if you have to uh ask somebody to do video for you um but i also mentioned that um uh His his Highness, Avery, the Prince of Insular Draconis right now, who I believe is on the Facebook live feed. Uh, He's been doing a series of uh, videos that uh, shout out to Avery. I'd like to see more of Um, (laughs) uh, he's been doing some some uh, some video review using a coach's eye um, that uh, he's been he's been, you know, taking some fights and, and going through a pretty detailed analysis of some of the fights that are going on there. Um, somebody for somebody who, uh, by his own admission, uh, he can't do some of the things that he's seeing, uh, but he is remarkably accurate in his assessment, uh, of the, of the fights that he's seeing. So if you want to see how fights get analyzed, uh, in, in review, uh, definitely, um, I believe he's under Avery Alex, uh, on YouTube uh, he, I'm, I'm sure he'll post something up in the, in the, the chat for the live feed here. Um, so shout out there, uh, follow along there, uh, and, and take a look at what he's doing. And yeah, if you don't have video of your own fights, go to YouTube. Um, I've got my channel out there. I've got a ton of high-end fighting on, on my channel. Uh, my channel is dukeshawn um, uh, one Rifkin, uh, Sir Rifkin, up and on tier. Um, uh, also has tons of, of video available. Some of the best fighting in the world. Go to those pages, hit the quarter speed, uh, and then do the you know double click and do the frame by frame and just look through. And and you know I mean to for learning how to do this, just try, just try to do it. So uh, Vesper, I'm going to ask you uh, if we have any questions at this point.
0: We do have some questions at this point. Um, I know this has been touched on a little bit thus far, but hopefully you could postulate on this a little bit more. What would you suggest somebody do if they've never faced their opponent before? They haven't had a chance to actually watch them for a few passes before they are ready to fight them. Um, how would you analyze somebody in those first initial moments? And that is for anybody that wants to answer.
1: <laughs> i do we'll you guys take that.
3: Okay. I touched on a little bit when I uh, first joined in late. Um, That analysis begins before the fight starts. Uh, Let me back up for a second. You talk about not having fought the person before and seen them fight or whatever. Uh, If I have fought people before, uh, I will hold on to some of that information. But every fight I try to treat as a new one under the assumption that they're learning as well. If I go into the same old, uh, information only, I have a problem. Um, I will take it with me, but I will retest it every time to see if that's where they are now, or even if that's where they are in this fight. If you've had several passes with a high quality fighter and he fought you the same, every fight, there wasn't a high quality fighter. He's going to change every time. And I've had to do that with, that's one of the beauties of the pickups that we talked about, fighting a high level fighter, I can fight five, seven or 10 passes with them and none of them will be the same. Because if I keep doing the same, they will crush me. So right out of the gate, you can't treat, the fact that you're catching them new, that's okay. Treat everybody that way. So that information, that information comes before they start entering. Um, like I had said, uh, you start to watch for things like what weapon style, that's the simplest one. One that for some reason people seem to miss is, what hand are they holding the weapon in? (laughs) I mean, mean, I've seen it before, and you know what? I've done it myself. You know, I fought a guy who I know is fast, and he was hitting me, and I literally never saw his shots, and I couldn't figure out why. And I realized I was staring at the boss on his shield because he was left-handed, and I didn't bother to make the adjustment. I felt stupid, but. We all do it. So you watch for those things before they even come on the list. Watch the energy that they bring to the list. So even before a lay on, you have some information. Once the fight starts, you begin testing the information you have. Uh, and that's no different than any other fight. Whether that information is what you have right now or what you brought with you from an opponent you've had passes with before. I agree with this, Grace. The other piece to it is
2: how far into the tournament are you encountering this person as an opponent? If they've had five fights, six fights, uh, it would have behooved you to watch those fights, especially if you are definitely a competitor and you know for a fact, you, you see who's on the list and it's like, I have never seen this fighter, that fighter and the other one. It'd be a very good idea to watch their fights. That would, as, as Grace said, it will give you information Try not, again, we're going back to the beginning, no preconceived ideas, right? Just because you saw it doesn't mean it's going to be there every time, but it gives you some background information. So, and at that point, you, you can, again, as Grace said, in the middle of the fight, you can take some of that to the beginning and you can start measuring distance and you can start moving your hands or even taking a step or even doing a pump fake, which you know for a fact cannot kill your opponent but did it lock them up? Did it stall them, right? It was real to them. You can use that kind of information. But again, no preconceived idea that it's gonna work the next time you do it.
0: Thank you. Um, Duke Sean, would you like to Elaborate at all before we move
1: on. No, I think you guys have covered it pretty well. So let's uh, move on to the next question.
0: Um, we do have just a thought uh, in regards to analysis that's coming from you all. You obviously are very experienced and super high caliber. Um, do you think that has to come only from somebody at your skill level or can non-belts offer that same analysis to other non-belts?
1: I think I'd, I'd covered this when I was talking about the, um, the right. structured analysis um you know that's that's the whole point is uh, you know when I when I teach that structured analysis and I put everybody in a circle and I look at you know Joe newbie fighter and I say what do you what do you see you know the whole point of that is you got to try at some point um you know yeah I've been doing this for a long time um but you know when I first started doing video analysis and I started analyzing fighting you know and Sagan's asking me these questions you know and all like just going clear over my head I'm like, how do you even see this sort of stuff? And it's people like me asking people like, you know, me 20 years ago, um, asking those questions, you know, and 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 sometimes it is just, what do you see, you know, because there's no right or wrong to it. There's, there's just simply observation. And, uh, you know, because uh, one of the things that we pointed out before, as, as Sagan was saying, you know, why do you do this? Or did you ever think about doing it like this? Um, no, I didn't think about doing it like that, but now I have. And so that's why I always try to emphasize that, that it is having that input is, is valid. And I know when I'm doing evaluation, when I'm doing analysis for, for fighters, um, this is some, something that, that Sagan definitely does and i probably learned it from him. Um, I'm going to try to lead them uh to their to their own questions uh, i'm gonna ask them the questions and and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna try to let them figure out the answers for the for themselves um because that gives me some insight into how they see the fight as it is and you know there's there's you know i may i may make some corrections as to as to you know how to how to see that but you know i i try to lead them without just you know telling them what happened so what did you see uh, How did you feel, you know, um, you know, when, 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 when you have, when you have somebody that's a foot and a half taller than you are, that can hit you from, you know, nine feet away, you know, how do you feel about that? What are you going to do about it? What can you do? And, you know, and those sort of things. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, everybody should be able to do analysis and it's up to us as trainers to teach people how to do that to encourage them to provide an, a, an environment in which it is okay for the newest of the new to, uh, to ask
3: those questions and to make those observations. I think including self-analysis. Absolutely, yeah.
2: absolutely.
3: Yeah. Uh, what I try to do is twofold. And one, I just realized uh, a couple of weeks ago that I don't do often enough and I wanna start doing more. And that was, uh, we had a small get together and did some Pell work. Um, so I had my dependent who's been fighting about three years. I had her watch me and tell me what I was doing wrong to think that I'm doing everything right is this ludicrous. So, and it was also an opportunity for her. So we both benefited, benefited from it. She's like, well, I would see this, then you would correct. You did this and then you it. So it. So it gave me confirmation that I was seeing what I was seeing, but it also gave her the chance to practice that. Building on what Sean said, when I do fight someone or watch someone fight, and I want uh, they want to get a lesson out of it, or I want them to get a lesson out of it, uh, and they ask, you know, well, what did I do? What, what what what's my lesson in here? My first response is typically, well, what did you see? What did it feel like to you? So I and I do that twofold. Uh, I want them to start to learn the ability and to look at themselves. Um, and not to try to seek the answers elsewhere. I, I went to this Duke and that Duke and I got all these answers. Well, nobody likes when we stand there and pontificate. What they want is something that's good for them. So what helps me is to ask that person, what did you see? What did you think? What did you feel? Now I know what he wants and what he's capable of. I can give him an answer that's appropriate to that particular individual.
2: Yeah, well said you, Grace. And what that does too, is it also gives you a meter of where that individual is. It actually, oh, they're not. Okay. So they, in general, they're, they're not seeing this because they've mentioned the same kind of thing three or four times and you can assist them in developing that skill. Right. The, the, the main point too is, you know, when I've run bull in the ring in, in the extended training, it's been where I will walk around when I'm got the, uh, novices and lower on involved while those other fights are in process and i'll say it's just you and me what do you see okay now hang on to that i want you to bring it up now now go to the next one and, and what do you see so trying to encourage them right from the start that's cool a i'm there with them it's you and me right now so let's go ahead because your your input is valuable and we are going to take advantage of that at the end of this. So I, when, I, when I ask you, please say the same thing you, you told me. So it's, it's one of those things. A lot of the stuff we've covered, it sounds very simplistic, but it can, take an, it can be taken to the nth degree. So it just depends on, on what level they want to take it to.
3: I like that, Segan. Thanks.
0: In regards to the culture of fight analysis, how would you create that? at a fighter practice that doesn't currently have that
3: do it (laughs) i I realize that sounds simplistic (laughs) but that's how you do it you do it a little bit of a time um if you find people that are resistant or don't want it uh, respect that and go to those who do um and what will happen is people who see the benefits in it will gravitate towards it uh and that's just the way it works. You, pref- you make that consistent and you foster that in other people, they will see benefits and they will want it. And then it's started.
2: Right. And one of the other things you can do is you can agree with everybody that, hey, every third Wednesday or every third Saturday practice will be involving, we're going to videotape and then we're going to do analysis for those of you that want to be involved in that. Please do, for those of you who don't, please know that will be occurring. So nobody's being hijacked, a, a, a practice isn't, isn't being you know, taken off course by a surprise. And a lot of times what you'll find is on that one, at that one practice, you're gonna have more people. <laughs> a agree. lot of them are involved, the others are going, how does this work? I, I, don't, I don't get what they're doing. And then out of that, of course, you're gonna get X percentage to walk away and why percentage go? This is cool.
1: Yeah, the uh, the video review portion uh, is is kind of a capstone, if you will, of my fighting clinic. It's it's a really important part to me uh, because you know I start with uh, you know two hours of lecture of of uh, you know uh, training methodology and and Sagan's you know five things on each side, you know the universal principles of combat, and then we'll go through and we'll 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 fight. And the the whole point of the fighting on on Saturday is going to be um, just simply evaluation. It's, you know, I need to know what your fight is because Sunday we're gonna start working on fixing what is wrong with your fight. But we we take the video from the fights all day. Um, Saturday night is really super important to me because that's the time that I get after we've been fighting all day and after I've been talking about fighting all day, we sit down, at somebody's house and we get some pizza and we have some beer and we'll sit around and we will put up the fighting on the big screen from the day and 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 show you how this is done teach you how to do video review how to do video analysis um and do it in an environment where we you know where we get to enjoy our company we get to have good food and good drink and uh you know and and really teach you how to do this so it's a really important part about what I do for my fighting clinic, and then yeah, the next day we get to the business of fixing these things after having identified uh, what those deficiencies are. And, and you know that's, that's what you do. Once, uh, once a month, once a quarter, whatever you have time to do, get everybody that is as, as Ron Walder said, as, as Sagan said as well, the people that are interested are going to gravitate towards this really fast. And when they start becoming successful ahead of other fighters who have not been interested in video analysis, have not been interested in, in invested in learning from your deficiencies, when those people don't get better, and and newer fighters suddenly do, eventually, you know, that like eventually the lights come on, and you're like, what are those guys doing? but I'm not doing, and uh, how, do I, how do I get better at that? That's, and it's, it can be a hard sell. It's one of the questions I get asked most frequently when I teach is, how do I change the culture of our practice? How do I change the environment uh, you know, where, where we get away from this mash and bash training methodology? How do I change that? And my answer has always been that it takes one other person that you and one person who are vested in the training process and watching the video review and, and like Ron Balder said, eventually, eventually it takes hold. Um, we're very lucky in our barony here that uh, our training pra- our practice has been a training oriented practice for at least twenty years, and uh, you know and again a lot of that is Sagan's influence, where he you know taught uh, myself Loki Greg and a couple other people um, the value of of training. As a process, Um, and we have entire generations of people in in our barony, I'm sure Roaring Waste up there in Detroit, where Ron Valder is, you have entire generations of people that have no idea that it's not like this, everywhere you go, Right, and it takes one other person, that's how it starts.
0: Thank you for all of the input tonight. It's been wonderful having every single one of you and even our surprise guest that popped in a little bit later as we started. Appreciate um,
3: me pulling me in. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Thank you. Um, Duke Sean, if you don't mind, I'd like to pass this off to you. If you could tell everybody a little bit about the Coach's Corner and how to find you. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So uh, we, have a, we have a page uh, called the SCA Coach's Corner. Um, it's, uh, it's a resource that we created, uh, for exactly this, um, you know, not just the, the interviews and, and videos, but, uh, and a resource for, for people to become better trainers to, um, to, to, to add input to the evolution of our sport, as I call it. Um, to to be better trainers, to train more effectively, more efficiently, um, we have some of the some of the greatest fighters in our in our sport, some of the greatest trainers in our sport that are available to you to um, make your practice um, more effective, more efficient. So we can all uh, become better fighters. Um, we really appreciate everybody uh, tuning in uh, every week to to what we have. Um, we keep putting up uh, the pollings uh, to find out what you want to talk about. but uh, definitely if you have uh, questions uh, about anything um, training related, we are definitely available, um, pretty responsive to to all the questions we have there. So go ahead and put your questions up there on the coach's corner and ask us what's going on. Um, I would like to mention next Friday, uh, we will be having uh, Duke Ilyahu will be hosting um, his uh, breakout session. From the first video we did on on training methodology and and um, uh, kind of the training process, he's going to be covering um, lessons from the classroom. Yeah. Uh, Eliahu is a, a college professor. Uh, we brought him in to to talk about curriculum development, that sort of stuff, and and how people learn. So he's going to be doing his breakout session on that, and he's going to be co-hosted by Viscount uh, Tristan. Uh, who is uh, who has been running a aikido dojo uh, of his own for about ten years now. Um, so both of them have some great insights in in how we apply uh, real world learning methodology and uh, martial arts uh, practices as well. So that is going to be next Friday. Uh, so we're really really looking forward to that. Uh, so and as always, got to thank our producer Vesper uh, for, uh, for keeping here,
2: here, us on track. Absolutely. Get everything, Thank
3: you. Uh, Getting everything lined up. She's doing a great job for us. She's been so, working really hard at it for a while with a, in a number of aspects. It's and been, it's uh, not just us. It's <laughs>
1: not just us. You're, oh, you're yeah. a busy girl. So. Appreciate that. So uh, yeah, for my part, I'd like to thank Ron Volder for joining us, uh, even even late there. Uh, my and honor. Again, it was it was perfect having you just summarize everything.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I got it right. Yeah. Sagan, it was uh, an honor to meet you.
2: And you too, your grace and uh, Sean. As always, you know we've we've talked about this from the beginning. Doesn't matter how the information gets out there, as long as it does. Yes.
1: Yep. And really appreciate you. Thank you for joining me. I really appreciate you.
0: Everybody, have a wonderful evening. We'll put up a link to the Coaches Corner on the discussion group page. And I will see you all hopefully very soon again in the near future.
3: Thanks. All Take right. care. Have Thanks. a good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.